Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Welcome back to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this podcast. And today I get to welcome my new friend, Haley. Haley, welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. Thank you. you happy but, to be here. Yeah, happy to have you. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your life, marriage, ministry, and some of the current ministry products that you're working on? Sure. Um, thanks for having me today. I, I guess in a nutshell, I'm a wife and a mom and a biblical counselor. So my husband and I just celebrated our 10-year anniversary in July. It was a bit of a socially distanced anniversary. We had planned a trip and obviously stayed home. Um, but that was exciting. And we have three kids, Hannah, Lydia, and James. Um, we live, we, until about two weeks ago, we actually lived on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. Um, are members of Capitol Hill Baptist Church and have been there since um, maybe 2005. So we met at the church, got married, and have had really sweet years there. Um, and we're still at that church, but we recently made the move to the Burbs. So COVID finally broke us of our city living ways. We have a yard now, and it's very exciting. Um, in terms of ministry, I serve as counselor at our church, Capitol Baptist, and then I also um, help direct a counseling ministry that's called Heart Song Counseling. And we have about 20 counselors that are all over the you know Washington, DMV area. We also have a few counselors that are in Tampa, Florida, which is random and another story, but they're doing great. Um, and so Heart Song Counseling just exists to provide biblical counseling to the churches in the area that are wanting that kind of counseling for their members. Uh, so yeah, I feel, I feel really blessed. I love my family, our community, love my job. It's really, I've been very, very fortunate. Oh, wow. That's, that's awesome. I've actually heard of Heart Song. I think I've interacted with one or two people from there um, over okay. the years. So I can't remember exactly who I could tell you after the interview, but uh, that's uh, a very nice and pleasant and uh, it's great to learn a little bit about you. Uh, can you tell us about this devotional in the 31 day devotional series from PNR that you've written, Forgiveness, Reflecting God's Glory, why you wrote it and how you hope it'll be received? Yeah. I mean, in terms of how I hope it will be received, this is definitely the first thing I've ever written that is published, so I hope people will receive it with grace, because I'm sure I still have a ton to learn about writing, uh, but the reason I chose to wrote it, write it is I just, um, I, I really wrestled with forgiveness in my own personal life. And as a counselor, I meet with so many people that are struggling with forgiveness as well. And uh, just just really wrestling with this and feeling ensnared in their anger or eaten away by bitterness. And it's just keeping them from enjoying the Lord um, and enjoying their lives. And so um, when PNR presented the possibility of creating a devotional for the set, um, as you probably know, there's a set of many different topics that you could um, have a 31-day devotional 
devotional on, and many of them have already come out, and they're really, really helpful. Um, I chose the topic of forgiveness just because I, I see it so often in the counseling room, and I felt like it's something that I've really had to study about, pray about, work on um, in my own life. So my hope is that this devotional could really, you know, land in the hands of some people that do feel like their bitterness is eating them up, and they're not sure what to do with it. And what I've tried to do is just provide the scriptures that have most spoken to me when I have felt that way, and my prayers that the Lord will, you know, speak to them through that and through the reflections that are there. And I hope it will really help some people. Yeah, that, that's really good. And and for a first time writer author, you did a really good job writing this. So great, great okay. job. Yeah, I really enjoyed reading it. So good work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know we all struggle as we'll talk here. We all struggle with with forgiveness. So um, good place to start. How does how does meditating on the love and mercy of God help Christians to be tender to the task of forgiveness? Yeah, I did in my devotional. I really started there. I feel like it is the starting point because I think that the flip side of forgiveness is fairness. I think we have this intrinsic desire for fairness. I see it in my kids, right? It comes up so early. That's not fair. This isn't fair. And we want things to be fair. And uh, to mm. to kind of borrow a term from beloved David Pallison, who we all miss, mm. um, he, he said, forgiveness is mercifully unfair. And God is the most mercifully unfair being that, you know, we have been blessed by. And so I think if we are able to really ruminate on the love of God and his merciful, unfair going to the cross on our behalf, taking on the penalty for our sin, if we can somehow fathom it deeply in our souls, just the the awesome um, love and, and mercy of that, I think it starts to soften us and make us able to become more like him. Um, and I and I see this struggle in the counseling room. I think it is it is really difficult for people to comprehend the love of God. Uh, I, I just see it so often, you know, even if we can fathom that God rescued us from our sin, they died on the cross and that that is our salvation. There's this feeling of needing to earn his love and a, a feeling that perhaps he sacrificed with anger and frustration and um, his eyes rolled and a loud sigh, like we would do, you know, if, if we had to absorb the cost of someone's sin. Um, but scripture's really clear on this. God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, that's what's in him to die for us. That's what sent him um, on a path of, you know, rescue and forgiveness. And so um, I think if we can really accept that and live in that grace, it, it just really changes us on the inside and we're able to then extend that grace to other people. Yeah, absolutely. I have a great example of that. Um, it was my growing up, my dad and I didn't have much of a relationship and then I was we fast forward like a lot of years uh 16 sitting on a sitting in my room reading my bible and um in Matthew 6 12 and 14 Jesus says if you don't forgive you won't be forgiven and that just hit me you know wow if I don't forgive my dad for all these things that have happened uh the Lord isn't going to forgive me you know I mean 
mean, I need, so I need, they need to immediately repent, needed to immediately, the next day my dad came over, we took a walk and I just said, I'm so sorry, dad, that I, I've been unforgiving towards you. I've held a lot of anger and bitterness toward, against you. And he, uh, you know, apologized for any hurt that he had done to me. And we were immediately reconciled. We're both Christians. Both of my mm-hmm. parents are. And so the Lord reconciled us to each other. But the point there is it was because of the mercy and the grace of God, like you just so uh, beautifully said, you know, um, that we were reconciled, that we can be reconciled to one another. And mm-hmm. um, we haven't had any sort of issues or any, any anything at all um, now that's been, that would have been 98. So, you know, almost 20 years now of being reconciled. And we, you know, the Lord did a work there and we, um, we get along great. We're very close. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, essentially that's very similar to my own story. I, my, my dad and I um, had some things to work through, and uh, for me, it wasn't so much the fear of not being forgiven. So I think that's a. I think you bring up a point that is very true in Scripture that that is the assumption as God forgives us that we will also be a forgiving people. But I, it, it was just knowing God's grace in my own life. I felt really called toward extending grace to him yeah regardless of what he might do with it and um it was amazing the way he received that you know that was really powerful in his life it was powerful in my life we had a great conversation and i i think our relationship has always been different and closer um since we walked through that forgiveness process with each other that's that's awesome you know every every story is is um is different you know god is at work and it's his story and you know he's called us into it and so that's that's beautiful it's awesome mm-hmm. yeah. what, is, what does it look like practically to set our minds on christ well i think you have kind of the macro level and the micro level i think on the macro level as christians we want to be setting our minds on christ daily um whether we're on a week weaker day or a stronger day you know just our spiritual disciplines we want them to be robust um filling our our minds and hearts with the truth of God's word, spending time with the Lord in prayer, filling our home with songs of worship and um, and community that is also trying to set their minds on Christ being a part of a church community. So these are the things we know as Christians, you know, just give us a, a biblical lens then for life if we are setting our minds on Christ at that macro level daily. But on the micro level, I think when anger rolls in or bitterness starts to squeeze at our souls, it's it's a choice of the will to decide, I'm going to turn my mind toward Christ right now. And to recall in our minds what we know about our identity in Christ, about where we're going, where Christ is right now, and, um, you know, just the realities of what he has done and what awaits us in heaven because of it. Um, If you think about Colossians 3, that's how it begins. Since then you've been raised with Christ, set your, your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Um, set your minds on things above, not earthly things. That's so hard for us as, as human beings. We're so tempted to just look at the seen realities right around us. But um, when we feel that tension, we want to remember these unseen realities that are so much bigger than what we see. And then let that help us to do what the rest of Colossians 3 talks about, which is actually to put on our you know, clothes of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Those are things that you can feel like maybe you can't choose. Like we don't feel like sometimes we're choosing impatience. It just happens to us. But a lot of scripture speaks about what to put off and to put on. And there actually is a choice of the will to remember Christ 
and to obey him, even in these things that feel so difficult, like showing patience or, you know, choosing to be humble and kind and to forgive. And so I think, um, you know, I think it is, it's, it's a habit, but it is also a matter of willpower. And it's remembering that we're not just relying on our own will, you know, we're relying on the power of God who has actually given us a new self. And so at any moment, if we, if we're doubting, we have the power to live in that new self, we misunderstood something. The power of God is always there for us as Christians. And so we just need to believe that we can really tap into the power of God to be kind. Um, mm. and, and that it is more of a choice than just an emotion that, that we feel, if that makes sense. No, that's, that's really good. I just have to remind myself when there's a difficult situation or especially like after a long day, you know, which is pretty much every day for me, <laughs> I just have to remind myself, okay, you know, you're walking out of your office, you know, you just got done with work, you know, which is ministry. So I need to remind myself, Hey, you know, you have to still be a Christian and act like a Christian, even though you're tired. And I just constantly have this uh, this these thoughts in my head about that just reminding myself because it's easy when you're tired especially for me when I'm tired that um that's when bad thoughts come in my head you know then I behave poorly or say something really stupid and um need to repent and it just it just helps me to remind myself like to be slow to speak you know and just being kind really matters and I don't have to be in a super engaging conversation I can just say I'm tired and those types of things and, and and, um, you know, get food and go upstairs, you know, and be quiet. Um, but, but just, yeah, just being really into, like you were talking about, just being really intentional about it. You know, it's, it's just learning different ways to handle different things. And when you feel a certain way and those types of things as well, I think so. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with the slowness to speak. I, I think if we could slow ourselves down, take a breath, remember what is true um, and, and just pause, then we can stop and have that moment of being able to exercise our faith in God's power to help us you know, not act out in anger, not act out in impatience, not act out in X, Y, Z. Um, I say this as someone who, you know, doesn't take that pause all the time. You know, I, I really struggle with this. So I'm definitely no expert. I'm writing about it because I need to think about it more and more and more. Um, but I am amazed, you know, how, how much we kind of just, I think our culture has taught us that emotions just are, you know, there's not a way to really control them or rein them in. And, and I think on one hand, I mean, as a counselor, especially, I want people to feel their emotions. I don't want anyone to be in denial or to push everything down. That's not, you know, healthy. But mm. but to be able to give our emotions to God and to really believe there was an old self that he's crucified with Christ. And, and now we live with Christ in us. And so there is this possibility to live a very different kind of life. You know, that's, that's what I, you know, just desire to live in more and more. Mm, that's really good. How do we root out bitterness and judgments in our our lives as Christians? Yeah, um, I think, you know, on one hand, we want to pray, pray, pray. Um, you know, we need the Lord's help to not be bitter and judgmental. But I also think we have to really get that log out of our own eyes. So we have to really be willing to look at ourselves more honestly and um, just see how much we are more alike um, with these people that we tend to 
actually feel we're very different from. You know, that's that's the that's what self righteousness does. It puffs us up to be very different than our wrongdoer. But the truth is, we're much more like one another than we are different. And if we take the time to really uh, study ourselves and not just focus on their record of wrongs on repeat, I think we get there a little more easily. Um, I noticed this recently. This is a silly example, and I know there's you know really hard things that we're forgiving people for, and so this is just like a like a less hard thing. But my my husband and I um, back before COVID, he took the kids to ballet, and he just has this history of like forgetting our stroller. I don't know, and so we've lost like a few strollers now that he leaves on the sidewalk of the city, and you'll never. I mean, if you leave something on the sidewalk of the city, like you can take it back. And I was just so bent out of shape about this stroller and, you know, just treated him like like he's an idiot. And then later that day, I dropped my cell phone in the toilet. And, you know, it's just one of those moments where <laughs> I treated him like he was so dumb. But then look what I just did, too. And and I think it's a, it's a silly kind of example of what we do with bigger sins as well. We're sinning right alongside all these other people. And we just have to kind of remember that to be able to to uh, walk alongside them as opposed to above them. That is uh, that is so good. And, and we're going to get into how do we overlook those who offend us, but just realizing, you know what, the things that probably upset you the most about those things, those are the things that the Lord is trying to get attention to you, you know? Uh, I mean, yeah. so, many, uh, so many examples there for that one in my life, but just realizing that person is an image bearer made in the image and likeness of God, and they need the grace of God just as much as I do and as a Christian I'm called to be graceful and truthful and loving to them and just seeing them through that those that eyes this prism that perspective through the eyes of Jesus um, has been not not as an opponent to be one but as somebody to be loved and valued I mean I, I I can tell you I don't have it figured out I mean I really don't I'm I'm by far the not the example of that all the time um, you know I, I fail uh, miserably at that you know mm-hmm. but you know I'm thankful that Christ, I, I'm quick to apologize, quick to, uh, you know, hopefully forgive and by the grace of God. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough thing. You know, it's when, when people really hurt you and they, it takes time, you know, it takes, if, if, we're, if we're talking about somebody that's done real harm to you, that can take time. And, you know, it's not snap your finger kind of thing, but you know, if somebody says something, you know, to you, you know, it, it's sometimes just, you know, it's just best to just forgive them you know it's like some minor slight or some sort of thing you know it's like you know say that happened between my wife and I we, I just let it go you know it's not even worth bringing up it's not even worth meditating on or thinking about and repeating in my head and I just have to go I go back personally to that for myself because I can dwell on something I can think about it I dissect it and then I analyze it and I break it down even more into the nitty-gritty thing and um, it's just it's not that's not helpful it's not it's not uh what Paul talks about you mentioned earlier thinking I was noble true and good um it's just not it's not a good thing so yeah you bring up a good point though just the way there is such a difference between the slights and then the really grievous sin against us um and I you know I was really as I wrote this it was, it was challenging to make sure I was speaking to both of those kinds of things because I've walked alongside people who have been you know sexually abused by close family members mm. Um, I've walked alongside someone who was, you know, raped by a stranger in the city. And so these are like the kind of forgiveness that um, really is a picking up your cross 
and walking with Christ to the cross. I mean, it's not easy. It's an enormous burden and feels like perhaps he's asking too much. You know, it just feels so difficult. Um, and yet I really, you know, I've seen, I've seen people find so much kind of peace and freedom in, um, sharing that burden with the Lord and walking with him in that and really being able to, um, as a horizontal act of worship with the Lord, fully forgive someone who has, you know, wronged them and maybe never even asked for forgiveness or acknowledged it. Um, it is possible and it is life changing to be able to do that. But then, like you said, there's also these kinds of slights we can overlook and move forward. And, you know, forgiveness just has many facets and there's, there's different things we're called to at different times. I feel like a lot of the time, like in my marriage, it's like my wife will say something and it might be upset me. It's better for me to overlook that and then come back after I'm not irritated or whatever. Um, and that approach has really helped us a lot. Um, being, you know, obviously that's biblical, being slow to speak, you know. Um, but it, it's it's been huge for, for me and just not even in marriage, but just in everything. Um, you know, coming back after I've prayed about it, I've thought about it. I have, a, I have a more gracious disposition towards that person. And sometimes, I'll be honest, that takes longer than than yes. in a few hours. It takes maybe weeks or months or a longer time for me to get to that place, and that's okay. Like, um, it, it's okay. Like, I've had some really painful things in my life. My parents were divorced and experienced a lot of abuse, and that took that. That's what I mean when I say longer. Those things take longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you were saying, that it, it's okay to it's okay to have permission to give permission to be okay, but just to continue to wrestle with the fact that Christ. Forgave you, and he's forgiven you of so much, and that was so costly, as you've said so well. Um, so yeah, yeah, and that really he can understand it. So it's not so much he wants you to feel nothing and be a stoic in your forgiveness, you know, these deeply painful, wounding things. Um, he actually can really resonate with abuse, right? He's very abused. Um, he can resonate with uh, just being sinned against in such egregious ways. And um, and I and that's that's my hope in people reading this devotional is they're they're able to um, know that he is with us in this, that he understands, that he's the one that can give us the help in this. And as we pour our hearts out to him, that's the safe place to find that help. Um, so yeah, I I'm sorry you have been through all that, and I I'm sure you understand better than anyone um, just what this process can. Be. It can be up and down, and it really is a process, you know, like anything in the Christian life that we set out to do to become more like God. You know, we have days of victory, and then we have days of maybe weeks of uh, just really difficult um, wrestling, and, and that's, I think, until we make it to heaven, that's kind of how it works in the small end place. Yeah, that's really good, really good. What does it look like very practically to confront another Christian? Yeah, so... Confrontation is spelled out in, in Matthew 18. So we see in scripture that, you know, I, uh, assuming we've already assessed our heart, tried to root out bitterness, kind of like you and I were talking about, set our minds on Christ, consider overlooking first. That is a viable option in scripture to, you know, that overlooking an offense, um, you know, can cover a multitude of sin. Love can cover a multitude of sins. So, um, you know, assuming we've thought through that and it feels like this is actually something that needs to be confronted. 
wanted because it's causing harm to someone, whether it's causing harm to, you know, the wrongdoer or ourselves or someone else, or it's creating a rift in relationship that, you know, needs to be um, kind of confronted for the sake of unity. You know, that's when you do, you do want to confront. And um, in Matthew 18, you know, the, the goal seems to be to gain your brother. So you first would confront one-on-one in a desire to gain him or her, meaning you're wanting unity for that person with the Lord, unity with yourself. Um, the confrontation is not to win or to crush or to squash, you know, um, there's there's a desire to gain, a desire to speak the truth in love. And so you have to do a ton of hard work, I think, practically before you can even successfully get there. And then you have to think about your tone and your method. And that can sometimes be really helpful to do with the help of other another believer that you trust who could be a, a little less subjective and help you see if you know what your motives really are and if you are going to walk into this carefully and and how so um so you know i think you want to confront with grace as as christians and um and and in matthew 18 you know it is spelled out if you you know if that person listens they gained them if they don't listen you can bring other people into the equation within the church there's even you know a biblical uh concept of church discipline if someone is unrepentant in a way that you know questions um, their belief in the Lord. So often, though, these things are not necessarily being dealt with within like the church community context like that. And so, what do you do if you confront and the person doesn't listen? It's not like what you experienced with your dad or my dad, and um, and and hurt continues to happen, or um, you know, or even if hurt is not continuing to happen, there's still not an acknowledgement and a and a path forward. I think that's where we have to kind of separate the vertical dimension of forgiveness and the horizontal dimension of forgiveness there's this there's this vertical act of worship to get our heart right with the lord we want to be a forgiving people that is a way that we you know reflect him to a dying world and he clearly throughout scripture cares very very much about it um and and though horizontally as christians we want to try to live peaceably as so much as we can sometimes reconciliation isn't really going to be possible in certain circumstances Sometimes it's not safe or wise or, um, you know, and, and so then we're looking at more how, what does it look like to love an enemy, perhaps? And that's a whole other category, which I do deal with some in the devotional because I know so many people who, you know, are wrestling with that as well. And, you know, and I, and I think um, that is a whole other can of worms that's very case by case that you need to kind of work out with some people that um, you trust. You know, what, what does it look like to be wise here with someone who's very unrepentant? And some of that depends on how egregious, you know, sin is and how does it affect you, et cetera. But, but I think practically that's kind of, you know, where my head's at in terms of um, confrontation and, and what I find the Bible to say. What are your thoughts on that? No, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, a couple things. I would just say, you know, making sure that we're slow, not, you know, the process isn't, um, you go immediately go confront, confront, then you immediately bring somebody and then you take it to yeah. the church. You know, I know you know that, but I'm just saying it for our listeners. Um, and, and just something that you said about, you know, just bringing other people in, that's so important. Um, speak, there's a wisdom and the, the Proverbs talk about that, you know, in the, in the abundance of many 
counselors, there's wisdom. So bringing other people, other Christians that are godly, that are mature in Christ, uh, whether you're a pastor or an elder or somebody else, uh, is just so, so important. And, you know, they that can help you to assess your heart, your motive. Are, is it really ready? Are you really ready to even have this conversation? And if not, are you ready for somebody else to have that conversation with you about that thing? And if not, then you're probably for sure not ready to talk to somebody else. And and like, I also want to say, because some people I know get so fearful even to have that kind of conversation. You know, mm-hmm. if you're if you're afraid to even have that conversation, you take that fear of the Lord. Like, um, and just recognize it's okay to it's okay to have concerns about people, but it's also okay that you need to have other people speak into those things. And and um, you know, we're supposed to love one another and care for one another in the church. And you know what what you said about you know, uh, uh, like abusive situations and those things, you know, uh, church discipline, I think it's helpful for some people maybe write down their thoughts um, and have it written out, have somebody else uh, read it as well. You know, like I said, a bunch of friends, and then maybe just read that letter to them. Um, or you can hand it to them and in their in their presence and be like, hey, I wrote this letter. Um, I wanted to convey my thoughts to you, but uh, I, I just wanted to do that. This is the best way that I could do this uh, for me. Um, would you please read this letter or I'll read it to you. Um, I almost would think just have them read it would be good. Um, and I think that could be helpful, you know, and if they won't receive it, I think, you know, you have to have some boundaries and, you know, that that's that gets a little, you know, like you said, case by case kind of thing. And I've had to do some of that even with my parents, you know, my mom and I have had a tough relationship and there was there been times where I haven't talked to her for like months because it's like, you're not listening. You're treating me in a way that that is hurtful and um, I don't need that, you know? And so I'm, I'm telling you that I'm, I'm going to be taking some time away to pray and think about that and we come back and we don't have as many issues and, and we haven't in a lot, long time, but I've had to do that with my mom. And um, that's hard, you know, when it, with a family member, with a friend, somebody you care about, you know, to withdraw from them. And, you know, I'm not certainly not advocating that as a normal practice, but it's uh, something that, that can be done in, may need to be done, you know, with wisdom and care and obviously uh, the counsel of other people and um, with a clear goal in mind, not just to, I'm going to up and burn a bridge and never talk to that person again. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I actually speak about this a little bit in the devotional, just the way writing can be a nice buffer sometimes. Like, if you know this is going to be a highly emotional kind of confrontation, either because of how you're feeling or because of you know, the nature of the wrongdoer you're trying to confront. Writing forces you to be more thoughtful, to really choose your words and to really choose a tone and to look at it and revise your tones. There's just these, you know, uh, luxuries you don't sometimes have in speech. Uh, it allows you to do that and then to, to hand um, a more polished version of what you truly want to say to someone. And and I, I've done that, actually, you know, in, in mentioning what happened with my dad, I actually it started with a letter. I just wrote him a letter and um, and I really didn't know what he would do with it, but he reached out and asked if we could go to lunch and we had a great conversation. And hmm. um, I, yeah, I think, I think that can be a really helpful buffer in these um, particularly emotional situations. Um, also, you know, in cases of abuse, I, I've worked with so many 
women who are in abusive relationships. And um, yeah, I think I think we have to be really careful on this one. Um, you know, wives that are in very difficult situations can be manipulated so quickly through conversation. So, you know, it may be through writing or maybe through another person, you, you may need special protections and even confrontation for the sake of uh, not putting yourself in a dangerous scenario that, you know, could really change the course of your life. Um, so it's, it's very complex. And I, I think that's why confrontation can look different, you know, case by case. And uh, some of that is really helpful to work through with a, with a counselor or a friend kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. How, how does the sufficiency of the grace of God help us when it seems like we can't forgive those who have hurt us? Well, you know, second Corinthians 12, um, Paul talks about that thorn that he has and we don't really know exactly what the thorn is but I think most of us can relate to having some kind of similar thorn that just you know we beg for God to take away and we just continue to feel our weakness in it our limitations our struggle and um what he what Paul says uh is that God says my grace is sufficient for you my power is made perfect in weakness and then he says, therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I think that once you experience that, just the way going to the Lord in your weakness, in your frailty, um, and just really pouring yourself out, um, giving it to him, relying on him um, personally, I I feel God does really come through in those moments. And I see it in my counselors' lives as well, um, that when we reach the end of ourselves, and whether it's in forgiveness or whatever area it may be, that's where we really see God move. I think he, uh, you know, shows himself when we come to the end of ourselves. And knowing our need for him becomes such a showcase for him um, rescuing us in the areas that we need rescue. And I believe he cares so much about forgiveness. This is on his heart and he knows how hard it is and he's done it. And um, and so he's interceding for us uh, at the right hand of God. He has left the helper behind, you know, to help us. Um, he's left us his word to help us and we can really rely on him. I believe it so genuinely. And that that's really why I'm a biblical counselor because I want to help people find God in their struggle and find him to be sufficient. And it is such a fun job to watch him do that over and over and over. Um, he really does not disappoint if we truly uh, just humble ourselves before him and, and lean in and, and he will come through. So, um, yeah, I think he's totally sufficient in the area of forgiveness. And if, if nothing else, I hope reading this devotional will help people think about that and, um, you know, really turn to him for help. Yeah, that, that's good. As you were talking, I remember a situation and I, I won't say too much about it other than there was this guy and I was leading his Bible study in Idaho when we lived there and, uh, uh, you, you know, he was challenging. But what he wanted was he wanted me to care about him, not just the content that I was teaching. And so what ended up happening is is uh, I ended up praying for him. And what ended up happening with me was, as we talked about assessing, and God by the Spirit ended up changing my heart towards him. And then it snapped, it clicked in my head. One of the men's leaders, it was just uh, me and the men, one of the men, other men's leaders and, and this gentleman. And he said, you guys need to just start talking to each other, not talk at and I realized it hit me in that moment. Man, I haven't really cared about him. Mm. 
Um, I've been praying for him, but I haven't really cared about him. I hadn't sat there and really listened to, you know, what he was saying. I was just trying to teach him, you know, and then I, then I, when that happened, it clicked in my head that all that clicked in my head in that, in that moment, just like that. And I realized, wow, you know, I haven't really been doing my job here <laughs> very well. And, and just, I just sat there and listened to him. And that, that was like a breakthrough for, I think for both of us in our, in our relationship, we didn't have any other issue after that. Um, but it just kind of goes to show, you know, there, there is, you know, if we're praying for that person, we need to be praying for that person, that difficult person. One of my pastor friends called them sandpaper people. And they, they, you know, God by the spirit is, he's uh, shining you up real good. You know, uh, he's taking that sandpaper to that person. He's going like this. And that really gives me pause. It's like when I'm irritated with somebody, okay, now I'm like, uh, you know, the first thing is, is I'm like, that's a sandpaper person. God's, uh, God's. God's shining me up, you know, so I need to be extra. That means that I, for me, I need to be extra mindful um, of being praying for that person to be extra intentional about being even more extra kind and gracious and all the fruits of the spirit. Um, Because I know that I can, when I get agitated, boom, it's the complete opposite, right? It's, it's, it's on, you know, the, the flesh. And so it's just, uh, it's just reminding ourselves as we've talked about, about these things reminding yourself who christ is and i say it this way the more you linger on the glory of the grace of god um you know the more the the, basically like the easier it's going to be you know the more we linger in our thoughts and our affections on the grace of god you know, go and try it as Owen says to set your mind on the world then, you know I mean, the more that you're just lingering on that glory that God has done in Christ as you've talked about and we've talked about, I mean, it's gonna be, it's not impossible but it's it's much harder, right? If you're setting your mind on Christ, if you're assessing your heart, if you're doing these things that we've talked about and using some of these tools that we've talked about here in this show, it's 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 harder to go back to that, right? I mean, there's always the, the like you talked about the in our weakness we can go but just even acknowledging our weakness uh and not blowing past it right um and and walking in our own sufficiency that's that's been big for me so Mm -hmm. yeah it's really a gift of god when we feel our insufficiency you know instead of self-sufficient there's the self-insufficiency it is painful we don't enjoy it but it is an enormous gift because it forces us to uh, rely on his sufficiency and he never disappoints with that he's much more sufficient in what he can offer than what we find in ourselves so um, the struggle with forgiveness can become a gift in, in how it matures us and grows us in um, just abiding in the Lord for help, for sure. Yeah, that's really good. Well, Haley, where can people go to find out more about your work online, on social media, or otherwise? Yeah, well, I mean, if you want to learn more about HeartSign Counseling, go to HeartSignCounseling.org. Uh, Capital Baptist is CapitalBaptist.org. And, um, and then I've done some blog posts for the Biblical Counseling Coalition, which is a great coalition to just learn more about in general. That's biblicalcounselingcoalition.org so not a dot orgs but yeah and and in terms of finding the devotional um you know i think there's a few different ways you can find it um through amazon through pnr publishing um and i'm sure there are other ways to find it as well which um i should know more about and hopefully by october 7th i'll know a little more about that pnr's website what'd you say pnr's website you know there's social media you know those things yeah yes Well, just as we wrap up, Haley, do you have any uh, takeaways for our listeners today? 
You know, as cheesy as it may sound, my deepest desire in my ministry and even in Ryan's book, I just want people to be able to know that God loves them. You know, this world is a really hard place and it can it can really affect and color the way we view God because it's a fallen place. There's evil here and there's a lot of pain. Um, but God tells us in his word about his love for us and he shows us his love for us in his action. Um, um, that he's already done on the cross, but also what he's preparing for us in heaven. And it's hard for us to wrap our minds around it because we're not there yet. And this life can feel like a marathon and really hard. Um, but we will have eternity with him and it's going to be sweet. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I desire so much that um, people could feel God's love. And I, I pray that that is something people will pray for for themselves even, and that God would open their eyes and, and hearts to his love for them we need more of that mm, I, I couldn't agree more well Haley you've done a wonderful job in this interview so thank you so much for your time and your very thoughtful and uh, careful answers I very much appreciate your time and I know our listeners will be helped guys this this devotional is great it's in the 31 day devotional series forgiveness reflecting God's glory and today we've been talking with Haley the author of this wonderful devotional thank you Haley thanks so much Thank you for listening to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.